Hello and welcome to Developing the Leader Within Podcast, an award-winning podcast where I interview the top players in the leadership arena and we dissect leadership, management, and career development from all angles. My name is Enrique Acosta-Gonzalez and I use my more than 20 years of experience in leadership development to dig deep into complex issues and bring you the answers you were looking for. If a topic resonates with you, and you would like to explore how to overcome it, reach out to me at calendly.com backslash triad leadership solutions to discuss ways to succeed. Welcome back to Developing the Leader Within podcast. Today, I am with Tisha Hammond, owner of Ascent Small Business Promotion LLC, Chief Community Activator of Career Mastered Magazine, and best-selling author of Daily Devotional for Entrepreneurs, Your Season to Grow. Tisha, thank you so much for being with me today, and welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. And can I just start by thanking you for your service to country? I'm aware, and I appreciate you. Oh, I thank you so much. Uh, I, I, I don't get that here that much, but I really do appreciate it. Folks, we're going to be talking about leadership and cheerleading today, something that is often not spoken about in the leadership arena. And I got Tisha here because she is going to just blow your mind when we're talking about this specific uh, uh, subject and topic. Tisha, why is it so hard for leaders to understand that the cheerleading position is one of their primary positions is beyond me. Uh, but before we get into that whole uh, good <laughs> conversation about that, tell us a little bit about, uh, about your background. Awesome. Um, let's see. I am a lover of all things Jesus. I have a wonderful, amazing marriage, married to a gentleman named Ken. Uh, we are celebrating our 14th year of marriage this summer. We have five children, a plethora of grandbabies, and uh, and that family is first here. I own and operate a Black-owned, woman-owned business development and media relations company. Um, I am blessed to have both of my parents among us and just out here trying to be of service in this big old world when it comes to promoting and uplifting others who are doing well and who have good news to share. That is wonderful. And yes, I've uh, seen a lot of your posts. Uh, it's, you know, some family, some business, but I'm so proud of all that you've done you know, not only with uh, your career, but with your life. You know, there's a lot of things that folks do not get to live and um, or take advantage of when they have it. Uh, and it looks like that you you guys are doing uh, a good job in maintaining what you've gotten and, and making it flourish. So thank you for, for setting that example. Now, we're talking about leadership and cheerleading. Like I mentioned, a lot of leaders do not consider this part of their, let's say, uh, job description. But it's one of those areas that if you don't do well, your people can't flourish. So uh, just getting into it, why be a cheerleader if you're a leader? Okay, I love what you said about not being part of the job description. So if we could just start there. If you read job descriptions, sometimes they'll often end with other duties as assigned, right? 
And, and that's not the instance when you are to model the behavior that creates and drives success in your organization. Whether you are a micro business or you are running a Fortune 100 business, uh, you setting the example as the head affects what all the other members do, right? So why not uh, set an example where people can thrive, where they know that they feel valued, where they are heard, where they feel visible and they feel they belong. Uh, what is there to lose? There's only something to gain when you allow for that experience in the workplace. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you know, as, you, as you're talking, I'm looking at the landscape of what a team and a, a leader, a company looks like uh, with and without a cheerleader. Now, I don't know if you've ever been to football games. I'm sure you have. I'm sure that you've been to some sporting uh, a venue. And for those listening, you can just picture this, but uh, there's a huge difference when the crowd is behind you and you're, and even if you're, you know, trying to make points to even keep up with the game, uh, mm -hmm. it is a huge factor when you have this group of people or even this one person, right? Because uh, I see a lot of players and a lot of people, they, they get up to bat, let's say baseball, and they'll look in the stands. And if they don't see their parent or they don't see their family member cheering them on, they get defeated. And, and, and so there is a key component, right? There is a key yeah. component uh, yeah. that is in the psyche uh, where when, even if I'm losing, if I have this person in my corner and, and, and although everybody else may be rooting against me, this one person that's important to me cheering me on, mm -hmm. I can still succeed. So what's what's the what's that psyche uh, like? You know, what have you seen uh, where this thing has played out uh, in a player, in a leader? Yeah. So let's start with the player. Uh, and I'm going to go I'm going to continue with the sports analogy because that's what we do here in the D. So the Detroit Tigers, Miguel Cabrera, we are celebrating him for over 3000 hits for 500 and more home runs. I had the honor of sitting in the suite next to the one that he has for his family at a home game. And I got to thank Bank of America because that's, that's the reason that I was able to participate. It was their suite. And then they, the suite host, you know, said, hey, this is Miggy's family. And so, of course, I'm kind of like tuned in to what he's doing with his family from down on the field and us way up in the suites. And every time Miguel Cabrera got up to bat from home plate, he looked up, he made contact with his family and he hit that ball. And he, sw well, you know, he's a hitter. He swung it, he hit it, he was hitting home runs and you could feel the energy that they gave in their eyesight, in their glance, in their approval, in their support. And look where he is today. Um, he's already made Hall of Fame before he is even finished with his career. So that's the player perspective, right? So the player being the employee, the one who's looking for the approval, the one who's looking for advancement, the one who's looking to contribute in the workplace. And then there's the leader. So if the leader thrives off of this kind of energy as well, the leader will position themselves in a way that encourages people to provide solutions to every challenge without feeling like they're gonna be barked at 
um, because they weren't able to accomplish a particular task. The leader is going to provide that environment where they're going to have mentoring set up. Even if you can't get the direct attention of your CEO or your director or the executive director, there could be a mentoring program in place that, that fills in that gap for you so that you know your opinion is wanted and valued and needed and guided instead of being misguided. So, so those are a couple of things that come to mind uh, in the workplace and in leaders who can actually show that they're on the side of the employee and not against them. Because in a lot of workplaces, at least the one that I worked in for 21 years in federal law enforcement, it was very much us versus them. You're either uh, the worker or you're the management. And, and they didn't have to play along, you know, play well together. But why is that? The leader sets that tone. If there's going to be division, the leader is the one who can control or prevent it or start it in the first place. Yeah, that that and that relationship is so critical. Um, you know, and we're talking from a perspective of a, a an employee. Now, there is a role because we're human, right? And it doesn't matter what position you're in, you're still human and, and a leader not only uh, is supposed to be and should be the cheerleader uh, in on behalf of their uh, you know teammates and and all the subordinates that they may have under them, but a leader requires cheerleading, and Absolutely. sometimes, you know, it's often been said, oh, you know, leadership is lonely. You know, it's lonely at the top, and I'm like, it's lonely at the top because you ain't invite nobody, <laughs> but. Okay. Because you closed them off. Right, yeah. yeah. You, you shut that, that, that down. But <clears throat> a leader themselves requires cheerleading. So um, why is it important for leaders to ensure that they get a good cheerleading staff? Because they're going to need it. Why is it important? What? How many times have you gone to work and spent an entire career loathing what you do? wishing you could develop a succession plan and a legacy to be proud of, but you know you cannot because you haven't done what is required of you in that position. Um, I hear a, a lot of people say comments like that's above my pay grade. When someone makes that comment, they're saying, hey, my leader's supposed to take care of that. That's what they get paid the big bucks for, okay? So if you're getting paid the big bucks to make the big changes and the big improvements, yeah, you need support. And yeah, I'm not saying have an open door policy where uh, everybody's walking through and you don't get time to to operate in the business, but I am saying create a pathway for people to get the guidance that they need, including the CEO. So, of course, when it comes to hiring talent, you want to hire people that are fountains and not drains. You, you I suggest that when you hire someone, yes, in addition to all of their expertise, hire people for their character because you can train for a skill set. You know, but hire people who have the character that can support having a successful, thriving, vibrant, healthy work environment. And then, Enrique, every successful manager or leader that I know, and you get to define success on your terms. But every successful one that I know has a coach, 
the coach has had some in-depth facilitator, moderator, life coaching experience. Um, they are certified in some realm of, of helping people find the value that they already have in there and helping to bring that out to the surface. And uh, to go through an entire career loathing what you do when you are fully capable and probably already have the resources in place to just ask for help, create some guidelines and guidance that will make the experience better for everyone, including those who are coming next. Because if you're a leader and you don't have the foresight to see who can replace you, I, I don't know that you're doing your job quite well. Now you mentioned success and it's, uh, it's you know, just timely. Uh, when, it, when it comes to leaders' success, there's a lot of elements that come into play uh, that give you the ultimate success, right? Uh, and, I, and I know that had I not uh, been such a cheerleader for my people, I would have not seen the level of success that I did because it was by their success that I was successful. <laughs> you know, it, it, my reputation was based on the amount of success my team had. Yeah. And then all, ultimately that reputation went before me and it spoke, it spoke before I even got there. Right. So Absolutely. what role does cheerleading have in a leader's ability to succeed? So I would love, and it would be a perfect world if managers and leaders and those striving to be in those positions thought exactly the way that you described it, where you shine as a leader, not, not because you're out front doing everything, but because you execute and you do what you're supposed to do and you delegate and you train and you provide the pathway for others to do work that enriches the organization, thereby helping you shine, right? So that's not reality in a lot of places, but we're striving and it is reality in many places, but we can all do better um, in some of these organizations, it, especially if you're the owner or operator of the organization. And here I'm gonna, I'm gonna make it granular for entrepreneurs because we find ourselves in this situation sometimes where you have left the security of employment with an organization, you got the, that paycheck every two weeks, you got all those benefits. And now you have fled from the leadership style that you despise so much, but that's all you know. So you become that leader you ran away from when you develop your own business. When in reality, you could look for training or look for some community support, some leadership experience that would help you avoid becoming that manager or having that management style that you just ran away from because you thought you could do better, but you don't have any other examples of doing better, right? So the role is step outside of yourself, step outside of your experience when you do become a leader and think of what is going to help the community who supports me thrive. Do I need to um, distribute more funds this way? Do does my staff need to have more representation in this area? Am I really getting the top talent or am I just getting by with hiring whoever is putting in applications right now because times are tough? Um, those are some of the things that I would hope 
leaders are are tapping into and making tough decisions because if you're a leader you you get to make the tough decisions you have to make the tough decisions um, and that you're not doing it just for the benefit of self but for the benefit of the workplace and attracting talent that will want to come yeah and um there's a big difference between cheerleading and then just for those that are listening you know, the cheerleading, it's not just a kumbaya, everybody's got it made, and let's, mm-hmm. let's just party all the time. Uh, there's a difference between cheerleading and enabling. Um, and I, I want to dive into that a little. It just came to my head when I when he was talking uh, because I don't want uh, leaders to, un- uh, to misunderstand the role of a cheerleader. Cheerleading requires uh, intent, right? It, it has to be uh, deserved that that cheerleading has to be deserved you just can't praise everything that happens uh, and i find often that most of the leaders have this mis, uh, mistaken identity of between cheerleading and enabling so what's the difference in your eyes between those two so the difference in my eyes between cheerleading and enabling is cheerleading is advocacy cheerleading is Remembering in the name of the person that cleans your bathroom or opens your door or is in that office till 11 o'clock, you know, they got a family at home, but they can't bring themselves to leave without completing their work. They have too much work, so they can't complete it in eight hours. Cheerleading is remembering that person by name, having a conversation with their manager, if it's not you, and creating a pathway for a healthy business day, a productive business day. You're right, Enrique, cheerleading is not rah, 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 sis, boom, bah to everybody. Like everybody can't get a participation award all the time. Some people really do have to do their job and like rise to the occasion. Uh, The way that that's possible though, for some people is because their manager has taken time to know their strengths, to help them develop their strengths. I personally am not prone to developing weaknesses. I'm prone to developing strengths in individuals. And where they have a weakness, maybe there can be someone else on the team who has a strength in that area and we collaborate on projects. Um, Enabling. So when I hear the word enabling, to me that has a negative connotation. I think of Doing something for someone that is against their best interest, um, but they want it, so I give it to them. Um, and I don't know that that's a healthy uh, practice, depending on the, the the worker or the individual either. But I do want to speak uh, positively about advocating for your employees, making sure that they have the resources that they need to carry out the essential functions of their position, understanding as a leader uh, that you can have a reasonable accommodation program that helps someone carry out their duties and not feel like their job is being threatened with termination every day because they cannot do a particular thing the way you want them to or think they should be able to. Um, My expertise outside of federal law enforcement, my expertise is civil rights advocacy in the workplace. And if you do not have an intentional equal employment opportunity, diversity, inclusion, and equity program in your workplace, uh, I, I don't know who you're trying to attract as your next top talent. 
Yeah, you, you have to have something that's well thought out. Uh, you know, we're talking about enablement versus uh, cheerleading. Uh, and, and the difference there is very important for people to, to understand. Um, enablement could not be in your best interest, right? Mm -hmm. you, you could be setting yourself up as a leader uh, by just giving into everything just because you want to be the good person. Um, yeah. And you could be the good person if you are actually thinking good <laughs> for the person, right? Uh, and, and, and a lot of people don't understand that. Can I make a comment there about the good person in the leadership role? To me, in some ways, it's kind of like the good-hearted person from the community that decides to run for city council and with the best intentions, they still get caught up in bribes and all the things that come with politics. Well, I've seen memes and posts that suggest that if you want to be liked, don't go into leadership, sell ice cream. Because look, if you're able to find that balance where everybody in the organization loves and adores you for every single thing you do, um, you are probably not being challenged. You probably have people surrounding you on your personal board of advisors who only say yes, which I think is disastrous to have just yes. I call them yes men. It could be women, um, but I call them yes men. I know when, when I hire and when I recruit and when I onboard employees, I have this conversation very directly. I don't want you to say yes to everything I say. If you have a difference of opinion, let's explore it. You may have a better idea than I could ever conceive. It's okay to disagree without falling into contention. So, um, you know, being able to bring people on board or have people who are advising you um, that can really earnestly give a candid opinion without the leader uh, feeling blindsided or uh, feeling caught off guard and then using that feeling to harm someone else. You, know, you, you want to be able to intake information and put back out what is best for the workplace and those that you serve in that kind of organization. Yeah, I totally agree. Now, there's a lot of leaders listening right now that are probably on the fence between cheerleading and enabling um, and trying to figure that uh, piece out because they're, you know, the, the the good of their team requires it. Now, what would be your top tips for leaders regarding being a cheerleader? One, know your people. Get to know, this is, these are together. Get to know your people. Get to know them. Know them by name. When, you, when someone asks, how are you? Respond with something other than fine. You know, respond with the, you know, the adjective and then give it, uh, for instance, so that they, you can have some conversation. Um, this still goes with the, you know, get to know your people. When you're in the break room or in the Zoom breakout room uh, and you have a moment to, you know, actually notice someone's cat in the backdrop, you know, hey, what's your cat? Get to know your people. It goes a long way. Um, and then number two, once you know something about your employees, Please don't use that thing to weaponize it against them. If you know that 
your very best go-to employee is caring for her mother or he is caring for his uncle because he's the only one left in the family that the uncle can lean on. Don't weaponize that against him when he has to take sick leave because his uncle's life or her mother's life is on the line. And don't, don't make them feel like their job is on the line when they've told you these things in advance. Work with the employee. Uh, two, well, maybe this is three because the second one was don't weaponize that good information. Three, use kindness as a wonder drug in the workplace. Now, this is uh, from Elizabeth Ndungu. Elizabeth Dungu, she is a kindness incorporator, dear friend, owns a kindness-inspired company, teaches corporations about how to utilize kindness in the workplace. You think this be common knowledge, but it is not, Enrique. And then um, I was watching a cable news show a couple of days ago. There was a scientist who was being interviewed that called kindness the wonder drug. So you don't need prescriptions to improve your life. You need to serve others. So here we go with the model of servant leadership. It does not mean as a leader that you have to get out there and answer the phones you know, at the front desk. It doesn't mean that you have to do all the data input, but you should know something about it and, and could be able to pop in if needed and set that example and role model. And when you role model the behavior that you want to see in the workplace, do it from a place of service. It's not weak to have a heart for service. It's not a weakness to be kind to your employees and those in your employ. Um, so those would be some of my top tips. They're, they're hopefully common sense and reasonable and digestible enough for someone to actually do today. As you was talking, I was reminded about a time that, um, you know, specifically about servant leadership. I was the senior enlisted of a command. That means, you know, the top guy and, uh, you know, a huge storm blew through. There was, you know, leaves and branches everywhere. And uh, I had this policy that, you know, we take care of our house. And uh, so I didn't see too much movement. And I said, you know what, um, you remember what this is like. So why don't you go in there and get yourself a broom and get yourself a rake and a couple of bags and, and, and get out there and, and do it and show it. And so I did. I grabbed everything. And uh, here comes everybody, you know, trickling into work. And they see me out there sweeping and raking. They're like, what in the world's going on? Uh, you know, and they came by. And they, she needed, you know, we got this. We got this. I said, that's fine. And you can. Just go in there and get what you need. I'll be out here, uh, you know, in the meantime. Mm -hmm. And before I knew, everybody was out there cleaning and, and, and making mm -hmm. sure everything was tidy. And the reason why I did that was not, <clears throat> not only to, uh, to set the example, but to show them that I cared enough for the policy that I had. Uh, it mm. wasn't just something that I said. It was something that I believed in and was well, willing to put the hand to the plow, right, mm -hmm. uh, when, it, mm -hmm. when it came to that. Um, and so um, it, it gave them an opportunity to see that no one was above uh, mm. putting uh, action to their words. And if anybody was to do that, 
it definitely would have been and should have been the leader. So I, I love that, uh, those tips. And uh, if you guys, uh, everybody that's listening, those tips are, are wonderful. Uh, and always remember that uh, leadership, it starts with you. It starts at home. It starts with you. Now, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Tisha, if uh, somebody wanted to get a hold of you, your company, all the wonderful things you do, the book, and let's talk a little bit about the book because I think that that is a great way to start your day. <laughs> So let's talk a little bit about that and then share how to, how to get a hold of you. All right. The book is Daily Devotional for Entrepreneurs, Your Season to Grow. The foreword was penned by Dr. Dennis Kimbrough, who wrote Think and Grow Rich, A Black Choice. Uh, the book has done well around the world. And of course, we're always interested in uh, having the support of new readers and new book clubs. We found some success with uh, Places of Faith. Uh, having book clubs there, and then uh, just individual groups, many who we know from our relationship on social media, starting book clubs and prayer lines surrounding this particular book. This book is the first in a series of daily devotionals for entrepreneurs. The second one is in the works, and it will be uh, more of like an interview style where I'll be interviewing uh, business persons who who are wise beyond their years, I shall say, in business. Uh, so thank you for an opportunity to speak to that. All right. Now, you asked if someone wanted to contact me, and I want to give that information. Can I give an example of a policy, though? Because you mentioned the policy that you had, and I don't want to walk away from that too quickly, if that's okay with you. So when I was in federal law enforcement, if you can imagine me with a, a badge and a gun arresting people, and uh, season things that don't need to come into the U.S. Um, and doing that in places abroad as well. It was a very serious position that I had. And I was brought up by a mentor in federal law enforcement that advised me, Tisha, if you are going to present a challenge to your manager, you ought to come with a solution as well. And I took that to heart and I did that. And I addressed a manager with a challenge and I provided a solution. And Enrique, his immediate response to me was no. And then he, we were in behind closed doors. And then he immediately responded after no being a complete sentence for him. He did give a brief explanation. And he said, I have a policy of saying no first because it's easier to recall a no than a yes. And I had real mixed emotions about that. I thought that that was presenting me too much information. Um, I just wanted to be heard and to have the solution addressed and, and put on the table for discussion. And what I was not expecting to hear was a no without some conversation. Ask me some questions about the research I did. Um, do something, but just an outright no. And I got to tell you, I lost a lot of respect for that individual that day, that day. Listen to your people. Listen and, and don't like have a thousand things going on your, in your head. Be present with them in the moment. And if you have to explain, look, I only have a few minutes for the conversation, but I'm, have, you have my full attention for these three minutes. Go. I could have took that, but to, to just outright know and nothing, I, we didn't have the most pleasant 
relationship um, after that when it came to presenting solutions because I didn't think they'd be honored. So keep that in mind, leaders. Um, people are watching for your response and, and how you listen and, and respond. And, and with that, Enrique, uh, if someone would like to contact me, I'd like to provide two websites. The first for, for uh, to request for like speaking engagements, workshops, facilitations, that'd be great to go on my personal website, tishahammond.com, where I am known as the small business cheerleader. Uh, for media relations and business development opportunities, um, then that would be the company website, which is ascentmediapro.net. We're going to have that as part of the show notes and the video so folks can get a hold of you. Uh, Tisha, thank you so much uh, for all that you have uh, done in federal law enforcement, as well as the business uh, acumen that you're bringing out through your academy, the uh, prayer book and devotional. I tell you, it, it, any entrepreneur that does not have some type of level of faith uh, to support them throughout their journey is looking for a, a world of hurt sometime along that journey. But I'm so grateful for, for having books like that uh, that we can uh, lean on in, in tough times because as an entrepreneur, you will face some tough times. Um, and so, folks, <clears throat> I, I've loved this conversation. I hope that you've gotten uh, something out of it. And if you've enjoyed this episode and learned something, interesting about the topic covered today make sure to subscribe and let us know by leaving a comment right now and we're always looking for new ideas and guests that we can add to our show so if you're if you know somebody or a topic that you would like for me to feature on the podcast i'd love to hear about it by emailing me at triadleadershipsolutions at gmail.com be sure to tune in next week for another episode where we dissect leadership from another angle and as we like to end the show success Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Triad Leadership Solutions and on Twitter at TLS underscore FL. Thanks again. I'll see you next week and success to you.